When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, this is Stephanie Powers. You're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder of the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week station at the usual time. We'll play part two of our conversation with Lee Purcell. Plus, we'll welcome film and television actor Paul Dooley. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us with a few more gift ideas on how to spend the various Amazon gift cards, Barnes & Noble gift cards, other gift cards that you may have received over Christmas, Hanukkah, this past holiday season. Greg? So staying with animation a little bit, talk about a, a brand new book um, by my good friend Michael Lyons. It's called Drawn to Greatness, Disney's Animation Renaissance. I'm holding it up to the microphone. Yes, the microphone is uh, this book. The microphone loves this book. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and this is a surprisingly, there have not been many books about this era that focus on the films and the artists who made them. There have been a lot of books about the Disney Renaissance era that talked about the takeover and the executive era and, you know, storming the magic kingdom and um, Disney war and things like that. This is a, this is a very easy to read, very conversationally, very friend reader friendly book with interview chock full of interviews, many that Mike got exclusively on his own from the big names in animation, the legends of animation responsible for stuff that goes all the way back to like Oliver and Company, then The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, uh, Rescuers Down Under, all the way up, almost to now, the films that were the second golden age that, that transformed Disney again, you know, after there was this sort of slow period that sort of resuscitated animation and pretty much changed how animation was perceived by the entire world. And it's all in this wonderful book, and it really, really turned out great. It has a movie movie uh, director Kevin Lima in it, and Henry Selick, and just who's who is in this book called Drawn to Greatness, Disney's Animation Renaissance. It should be required reading for anybody who is interested, to, who watches these movies and wonders about when each of them came out and why. And because they're all on Disney Plus and they're run constantly and they're on video. Also in the animation field, there's another two books that really also should be in everyone's library who watches cartoons, who loves cartoons, and listens more than anything else. And this is by a, another person who is a, an authority, a gentleman named Keith Scott. is a two-volume set. The book is called 
Cartoon Voices of the Golden Age, 1930 to 70. And it is a uh, two-part book. Now, Keith Scott is the real deal because he wrote a book called um, The Moose That Roared, which was the definitive history of the J. Ward studio. And everybody who knows animation, every authority of animation points to that book as one of the finest books ever written about an animation studio and about cartoon characters. So he does, he does his homework, and these two books are terrific because they not only have loads of reference material that you're going to want to have on the shelf with, about voices and what they were in and what they did, that you don't have to worry if it's just something posted and they, you didn't know what they were posting. But it also has a lengthy amount of history on these voice actors, who they were, the history of voice acting in general, because he is also an actor, so he knows from whence he speaks. He lives in Australia. Oh. This is a book that um, all of the animation buffs are talking about this season. So this is a really, really important one to have. A couple of other ones that I've been, as Barnabas comes to say, I've been remiss ah. in not paying respect to that I really enjoyed. Um, your uh, friend Steve Randisi. Oh, been yeah. Um, he did a book on Merv. The Merv. Yes. Perfect show. The Inside Story. Yes. The Inside Hermione Gingold. We'll be right back. <laughs> um, this is a book you can't put down because I watched Merv with my mom after school and after college, you know, whatever. This was, you know, Merv was on at four o'clock where we were, and Merv was our gateway to show business, you know, uh, throughout the 70s and then into the early 80s. And so this book covers all of the various incarnations of the Merv Griffin show. What went on, the politics behind the scenes, the booking of people, the historic guests that he had on. And it, it puts into context why he did not succeed on CBS when he won head-to-head with Johnny. Um, yeah. Merv gets short shrift in the late-night wars. He does. Uh, but the... Uh, and. The, we're not giving too much away in Steve's book uh, when we say that Merv was dealt a bad hand because CBS had nowhere near the number of late night affiliates that Johnny did. And That's so right. it was going to war with only half an army. It and was Johnny's battle to lose. It was really. Johnny's battle to lose, exactly. And so there are those who denigrate Merv's contribution to late night, but that's not fair because the truth of the matter is if Merv had the full array of affiliates that Johnny had and it was more of an even playing field, the outcome might have been different. Merv has a tendency, and it's not all... Um, it isn't all unearned to overplay and oversell certain things. You know, Wonton Don, the dog that saved Hollywood, the movie of the year. You know, okay, Merv. Yeah, right. That kind of stuff. You know, he, he tended to be hyperbolic um, and overenthusiastic about things at times. But when Merv was good, at, he was good at two things. He was good at relaxing his guests into a almost hypnotic state where they would open up to the point where they wouldn't with other guests and he would let them talk. He did interrupt and he sometimes didn't let them finish, but not nearly as much as most daytime talk shows did. 
you felt like you got to know them. He had a lot of guests on regularly, whether they were promoting or not, which other shows did, but Merv did a lot. Sometimes there were guests you got kind of tired of, um, but not always. There were some guests that were great with Merv. He also mixed them sometimes in strange, erratic ways. And that was kind of his art form. And the, the people who copy what Merv does, and I'm sorry I can't remember the name, and British, British people will be very irritated, but who is the British host who does exactly the same thing, who fills the couch with sort of disseparate people, and they all talk, and it's very entertaining and usually very funny. And James Corden does the same thing as well. But it really was Merv that did it first. The big, or, or has a salute like to MASH. And the salute to MASH was hysterically funny where they were all crossing their legs at the same time and, and, and singing. And I mean, if it goes off the rails, Merv lets it go off the rails. That was where Merv was great. And he's not really respected as that. You know, Merv was compensated by having an empire, being very wealthy and very powerful, but not as a artist in the top show reign. And this book keeps it in perspective. It is not a puff piece. It's, it acknowledges his weaknesses and the mistakes, but it also gives credit where it's due. It's a really, really good book. And it's nostalgic if you were watching when these shows were on. Plus, it talks about the shows that we didn't see and can't see because so many of them were lost. So it's a good book to have, and it's also a good uh, capture of an era that um, is and, and if I may, if you go to wherever you find the podcast of TV Confidential, go back a couple of years. There's a six-part look at Merb on television featuring both Phil Grice and Steve Randisi, where in between segments that Phil Grice brings us, we talk to Steve about some of the things he covers in his Merv Griffin book. So you get a copy of Steve's book, read the book, and maybe listen to a couple of those shows. You'll get a full, well-rounded experience. Yeah, and you can also stream now, I believe, quite a few of his shows that used to just be on DVD. I think it's Amazon Prime that has the shows. So there there are ways to, uh, to see quite a few. Many of the shows were lost. I think according to this book, it was Merv who had to choose which ones were kept and which ones weren't. Maybe that wasn't the best decision, but tape was expensive and they, they erased quite a few of them. But there are quite a few too. And they're having seeing some of those, those interviews and, and also seeing, I think the most monumental thing about watching them in order was seeing how the country's uh, attitude changed about the war between like 66, 67, and then 68, 69. You can see the audience reacting to what the guests are saying about the war completely change. And that tells you right there something like what Bob Hope didn't understand was happening, that it was being seen differently and that the world was really turning. And it wasn't just the media that was doing it. It wasn't just the movies and the hippies. It was the people at home were feeling different, too. And the talk shows were reflecting it probably different than the fiction was. And because we have these shows, we see that. Just one final note. At the end of the day, Merv did his show for about 24 years. 24 is not 30, because 30 is the number of years Johnny did his show, but 24 is not bad. And Letterman, I think he did his show, but when you count the NBC uh, 1230 show with CBS show, he did his about 22 years, if I remember correctly, maybe longer. They, they all fall short to Johnny, but 24 years is a pretty good run. Pretty good, yeah. It's nothing to sneeze at. As my mom would say, 
He did okay. He did okay. We're giving ideas to spend your Amazon gift cards on book ideas if you're looking for a new book to dive into books about film and television. Do you have any other suggestions for us, Greg? Yeah, I have two more. Um, I want to quickly mention, I know because you've mentioned it before, you've had Randy West on the show a few times. Oh, yeah. I want to also echo TV Inside Out, Flukes, Flakes, Feuds, and Felonies. Yeah, I mean, that's a a book that you it's a it's a nice book to have nearby because you can you can have a sandwich and read a little bit of it and then when you finish your sandwich it's like you, i take a sticky note you see i put the sticky note yeah. at the edge of the page where i left off you know those little sticky notes mm-hmm. and it's like okay now i'll read this part and the book is just modular enough that we can go okay here's this part now it's tempting to not stop and it's like i'm done with my sandwich but i got to keep reading because it is kind of compelling and you want to see what happened. The book is almost a stream of consciousness. He didn't write the book in a, it is organized, but it's also is written to pull you through it. So it's not, it's not chapter, the game shows, the primetime right. shows. Everything kind of weaves in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can use the index to find the names, but it's, if you want to find where this story is or that, you've got to kind of flip through to go find it again. And it also opens with, as, as you've mentioned in your interview with him, a treatise on the psychology, which I think in a way kind of elevates it from being a just whisper in your ear kind of, and guess what else happened, and guess what else happened. Because Randy was there, and if he wasn't there, he knew those that were, so it isn't just a a game of telephone. It's a, it's much more than that. You know, this is a, this is a lifetime of experience. This is a lifetime work for him. So it's more than stuff that he assembled from things he read in places. This is, this is, there's, there's more substance to that. And it's written with a little bit more care. And that opening pr- kind of proves that. He didn't have to have that in there. Yeah, but I, as, as I said on the air, if you read the introduction, and you should, it's, it, it, is worth, it, it is worth reading the introduction because it sets a context for everything. Yeah. that Because as, as I said, there's a lot of dish. There's a lot of dish in Randy's book. Most books, if you just read the gossipy kind of stories, you might want to, you know, you, you kind of feel like you need to take a shower afterwards. You don't get that feeling when you read Randy's book because of that first chapter where he sets the context where this is really uh, an attempt to understand the psychology of success and why some yeah. people, no matter how much they have accomplished in life, still feel wanting and why yeah. some have managed to find that balance and achieve success but still maintain a happy, fulfilling uh, life because they're comfortable in their own skin. Having that in there changes the book from, look at these people, let's pick up a rock and watch these little bugs crawling around, to let's think about what we're about to do and realize that we're dealing with human beings here and what would you do if you had this? Would you make the same decisions or would you not? The human mind is a curious thing. And all of this happening is an extraordinary event. These getting money, getting fame has strength, you know, and exploring that first before you dive into these sometimes bizarre and, and sometimes horrifying things that happen, kidnappings and all kinds of things. It gives you that preamble. And I don't know it that any book has ever done that before, yeah. you know. 
I don't think Dr. Joyce Brothers did it or Rona Barrett did it. So it's it's an interesting and I think very as, as Lily Tomlin might have said, very tasteful. <laughs> TV Inside Out: Flukes, Flakes, Feuds, and Felonies by Randy West. Another good. A book idea, if you find yourself with an Amazon gift card and want to buy a book on film and television to dive into, that's what we're doing today. Ways to spend your Amazon gift cards. Yeah. Oh, and your Barnes & Noble, too, because we and have your, that. And membership. your Barnes & Noble. That's right. You get your discount with your membership. Cause, uh, Absolutely. I have in my hands the last envelope. This is a little close to my heart, because, and I actually have a little section in here um, as well. This is a book of... Tributes from fans and friends about Annette Funicello. Oh, okay. And this is put together by Rita Rose, a dear lady uh, who has been who has been a friend of Annette for decades. Uh, was president of her international fan club, and her uh, it, 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 Annette is a very special person, not only to me but to a lot of people. And this book. Rather than it being a biography or, or something like that, it is a collection of either reminiscences by people or what she meant to them. Um, it's, it's people, uh, you know, former Mouseketeers, uh, former co-stars, former Disney staff people, people from the Mickey Mouse Club and, and things like that, all putting together their snapshots, their personal little bits and pieces to and and then almost like a jigsaw puzzle to put together a, a portrait of Annette through their eyes and it's a sweet just like Annette it's a very sweet tribute to her and if you love that era and you want to understand why she means something to somebody this kind of explains uh, to a degree why that is um, because her mother is in here. Tommy Kirk, who we recently lost, is in here. Um, we have some people who have been Bobby Rydell, uh, Lonnie Burr, some some people who we've had on the show. Sherry Algroni. It's a nice. It's nice. It's What's, a book of, what is the name of this book? Of nice. The book of nice is called Annette Funicello: Tributes from Fans and Friends by Rita Rose. Another great way to spend your Amazon gift card or your Barnes & Noble gift card if you're looking for a book about film and television or your favorite actor or personalities that you'd like to learn more about, great way to spend your Amazon or Barnes & Noble gift card. Or if it's available for pre-order, you may want to pre-order a copy of Hanna-Barbera, The Recorded History, which is coming soon by Greg Airborne. Yeah, I would say that they'll start probably pre-ordering six months, so maybe in 2023 they might start sending out that. All right, well, when it's available, you'll let us know. I'll be on the roof waving my arms. <laughs> you can read Greg Airborne twice a month, cartoonresearch.com. Greg, we'll see you again soon. Thank you, Ed. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Lee E. Cox is one of the stars who appears in Snap, 
new anthology series from All Black TV. Lee's episode, which is entitled Black Lives Matter, will drop in January. To watch Snap and other movies and television shows on All Black TV, A-L-L-B-L-K, All Black TV. You can follow Lee E. Cox on Instagram at Lee underscore Everett underscore Cox. Also a reminder that each production of the Hollywood Radio Players is free to watch on the Hollywood Radio Players YouTube channel. However, donations of any amount to the Motion Picture and Television Fund are encouraged. Find out more HollywoodRadioPlayers.com, HollywoodRadioPlayers.com, or the Hollywood Radio Players YouTube channel to make a donation in any amount to the Motion Picture and Television Fund, mptf.com forward slash donate, mptf.com forward slash donate. Ed Robertson, Baffa, Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grice, and Greg Airbar. thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.